Welcome to the Work Life Brilliance Podcast with executive coach and best-selling author, Denise Renee Green. Denise fills each episode with humor, compassion, knowledge, and pragmatism to help you transform your life. Listen in and learn how you can tame your brain, lower your stress, and become the person you were born to be. Hey, everybody, and welcome to this very, very special episode of the Work-Life Brilliance Podcast. I'm Denise Green, and I am more excited than usual. (laughs) I have an amazing guest today, and I'm just so excited. I'm giddy, and I'm going to introduce her in just a minute. But one of the reasons we are talking about this topic today, which you clearly have already seen in the title, what this is about, is so... I talk about everything work-life brilliance. And for me, what's important about that is that every aspect of your life be fulfilling. Your health, your emotional state, your relationships, your career, and on and on and on, even your surroundings. But I also include your sexuality. Because we are whole people and without that aspect, and don't get, don't think I'm getting judgmental here. Don't, whatever you think of when I say the word sexuality, I'm not necessarily saying that you have to be having sex to have healthy sexuality, but you need to have that aspect of yourself. We're going to talk to the expert about this in just a minute, but this is my personal belief that without that, and it is connected to confidence. I know this because I talk to women all the time who lack confidence. And if you don't feel confident here, I'm guessing we're going to talk to my expert, that you won't feel confident in that area either. So in order, let's just be honest with ourselves. I mean, most of us are not Buddhist monks who are meditating eight hours a day and can handle not having sexuality in our life. So if that's you, great, great. But if it's not, I'm glad you're here because my guest is so special. She's going to demystify this She's going to make it not awkward. She's going to make it (laughs) PG-13. And so, hey, I say bring on the teenagers because I don't know if you've watched some of the TV that's out there right now. They know more than you do. (laughs) So, So without further ado, my special guest is one of the most respected and well-known top sex and intimacy coaches in the freaking world. She usually works with the uber successful, and she's got a lot of those down in LA. Um, but now we are, Dawn Cartwright is my special guest today, and she has started working with normal folk more often. <laughs> and so she has a degree in psychology. She's been featured in Marie Claire, Cosmopolitan, GQ, and I don't know how many more. And we get her, we get her today. So Dawn, thank you for being here with us. Oh, thank you so much, Denise. I love that. I love, you know what I love most is your giddiness and your excitement. (laughs) And I think this is what like so many of us really feel about the possibility of really living our sexuality to the fullest. But the trouble is like most of what's shown to us, like you just said, what's out there in the media is so far removed from our actual like joy connection, bonding, confidence, playfulness, swagger, you know, that we develop when we allow ourselves to be who we are, who we truly are sexually. 
So it's mm. a great honor to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Okay. So do you want to say anything about, to those people who say sex doesn't matter? So I just shared my opinions that I think it does. And, but, but what do you think? What, what do you know? And then I need to back up after that, that answer and find out what your story is because it's fascinating and I want to go back there, but so remind me, but tell us just why is this even worth talking about? Yeah, well, the reason it's worth talking about is our sexuality is what connects us to how we're living our lives. So we can be successful, we can be hardworking, we can have amazing ideas, we can be incredibly um, creative and brilliant in our work. But if we're not connected to our sexuality, which is you know the lower half of our body, the part of us that actually moves in the world, the part of us that actually makes things happen and move forward, then we're missing out on that. And also, like not only is sex part of how we manifest success, happiness, relationship, but it's also how we get to experience our inner world. So much of our day when we're you know, incredibly successful women and men and couples moving in the world. It's about being expressed out in the world. We're moving out in the world. We're making thing, things happen. We're organizing things. We're putting together brilliant projects. And sex is a time when we can really fall into this beautifully restorative, rejuvenating, loving inner world where magic happens. And I think you were so right earlier. We have this idea that sex happens one way. You know, it's about genitals and friction and explosions. But the truth is everything that we feel in an intimate way, a conversation can be a sexual experience when we allow ourselves to open to that inner space. When we allow ourselves to reveal what we you know, what we know inside and who we are in private moments. And that's what makes sex so extraordinary. Whether we're having sex with ourselves or we're having sex with someone else, we get to discover things that we don't, don't discover and don't feel when we're so active and working so hard and putting so much out. We really enter into what makes life special and meaningful and and magic, you know, it's it's more than ABC. It's something bigger. I absolutely love that. So when you don't have this healthy relationship, your inner world, your inner world is incomplete. And when I talk to, so, you know, my passion, I love coaching anybody, but my passion is helping people who are brilliant, but they're suffering from chronic self-doubt and lack of confidence, and they are sabotaging themselves. And if you have chronic self-doubt and, and confidence, you are going to sabotage yourself in the sex world too. Absolutely. You, you can't be vulnerable. And this, I'm like meshing things together right now, but um, this lack of internal intimacy with oneself, this internal world, right now, people's internal world is mostly made up of anxiety and fear and stress. And what you're talking about is so miles away from that if you have a healthy relationship to sex. And, and I love how you brought up yourself. So people, you don't have to be in a couple to enjoy this conversation. <laughs> I was 
I was single for a long time, but Dawn was single for even longer. So she's going to, so Dawn, let's, let's start with them. Let's go back and rewind. Tell us your story. Who, who, yeah. how did you get into this? Who are you? You know, what's your relationship to this? How did it happen? Well, this is, this is such a great story because absolutely, like I was functionally single for 57 years and then met the love of my life when I made these shifts, when I made these changes. So in my 20s, I was like most people um, exploring sex and, you know, really enjoying my body and sex came very easy and pleasure came very easy for me. And then at one point, sex took like this quantum leap. And it started to be this profound, like transpersonal experience where literally time would stop. I would feel myself suspended and I would have this like meta brain, like I would be able to access parts of my psyche that weren't accessible to me just in the day-to-day -day life. And when this started happening, I shared with my friends, I shared with my boyfriend and he, and he was like, are you crazy? Sex doesn't do that. So he really like kind of, you know, hushed me, he said, sex is just about a release, you know, but I knew it was so much more. And then I started, I didn't know who to talk to because nobody was experiencing sex the way I knew it to be because it was not just physical pleasure. It was me taking, a, again, a quantum leap into who I really am and what I'm capable of and into my confidence and sense of self. So I was looking all over for how do I explain this? I found a tiny little ad in a, in a calendar magazine that said the art of sexual magic. And I thought, oh, maybe I'm not alone. Maybe you manifested that. <laughs> it was so funny because if it would have said anything else, you know, it, it was a workshop about, you know, esoteric science and and sexuality. And the first time I went to that workshop, people were coming up to me asking me how to do the practices because I had already had this experience. And so then, you know, I started traveling all over the world and teaching and meeting amazing lovers. So it wasn't like I was alone in those 57 years, but I was traveling and I was sharing this in India and Ireland and the Netherlands and Costa Rica and Canada, just everywhere. And I was traveling so much that when my, my lover finally asked me out, we knew each other for five years. He goes, you finally stopped traveling <laughs> so that I could ask you out. And now I'm experiencing, you know, what it's like to show up in a relationship with that confidence, with that love of my body, with a man who loves the woman in me not some perfection idea of a woman, you know, and all of this is, is happening together. Like, because I had found myself and comfort with my own body and my own sexuality, I attracted that in the man that fell in love with me. And here I am today. And so I taught a lot of workshops. Like you said, I was traveling all over the world, teaching big workshops, teaching at festivals, up to like 500 people in a room. And, and it was really beautiful. But then it all of a sudden started to shift. And all these incredible entrepreneurs and self-made, like, you know, just successful people in LA started to come just to sit with me and talk about their sexuality and learn ways to access this flow state and this mastery level that was accessed through their sexuality. And that's where I am today. I'm doing the sex and intimacy coaching and helping people's whole lives start to light up and be brilliant, fueled by their sexuality. 
And I forgot to mention that I read that you were brought in by some of the top sex therapists when they get stuck, when their clients are stuck and they, they need a breakthrough, they need a Hail Mary, they bring <laughs> you in. And so what is it that makes, makes your approach so special, so helpful? I've seen words in, in, in amazing testimonials like how you make people feel so comfortable, not judged. These are not words you no normally hear around sex. <laughs> Usually you think awkward, uh, yeah, uh, awkward, judgy, weird, but how do you, what's the secret to that? Yeah, so I think what happens is that the, the therapists, because they're doing talk therapy and actual physical contact and, and talk and learning practices is a part of sex therapy, right? So when they get the couples and the couples are at this place where they really, like they're about to, usually about to divorce, they'll send them to me. And by me teaching them how to touch each other, how to discover their lover's sexual love language. Because I'll tell you something, Denise, half the time a couple will come in here and one or the other will say, oh yeah, uh, we have a great sex life. Then I separate them. <laughs> and always there's one of them going, don't believe it. It's not great. It's not working for me. So this is the party line. We hear that everybody's having great sex, but I can tell you right now that number, that percentage is super, super low. Most people are having like, you know, um, like just like sex because it's an obligation or sex just to relieve tension or sex just to make sure their partner doesn't have an affair. But very few people are having the kind of sex that energizes them, that makes them excited about life, that makes them look forward to being intimate. And all of that happens, just like you said, because for me, everything about sex is just the same as breathing. It's just the same as waking up in the morning. Like you cannot shock me. Anything between two consenting adults, I'm like, yeah, you know, if you're both enjoying it, how can we maximize not just the pleasure, but pleasure is really important because many of my clients who are coming to me and the one who says, we're not having good sex, they're like, please teach my partner how to really touch me. And it's not just physical, it's also being heard, really being felt and getting in tune and emotionally you know, lining up with your partner, their partner, so that they can have sex that's fulfilling on every level. So important. Mm -hmm. Eye contact, that it just feeling that love coming from somebody. So you said it, you said very few. If have you seen any statistics or based on your research, what percentage of people first are having sex mm -hmm. on a semi-regular basis and are having great sex. Yeah, well, I would say, you know, I looked up a survey because I wanted to get a survey, but you know what? I don't think that surveys are incredibly accurate because mm -hmm. people tend to lie up. Nobody wants to look like they're sexless, right? Everybody kind of like, you know, pushes it up. So it's said here that 16% of people haven't had sex in the past year. I would say that's probably closer to 30 or 40, just based on my group, you know, the people who I'm working with. And that there are people, you know, only 6% of people have sex more than three times a week. So what I've found though, is that, you know, maybe 
20% of couples and more so, believe it or not, more single people are having sex more often than a lot of people in committed relationships. So I would say out there, you know, there was something published in um, Newsweek several years ago where it talked about, you know, something like only 16% of people of couples are having sex regularly. And in that 16%, I would say probably 5% are having sex that really satisfies them and really makes them feel like the sex was more than just a release. I think this explains the world condition right now. <laughs> People are taking out their frustration elsewhere. Absolutely. I have, um, I have clients who have realized that the angst and the anxiety that they're experiencing, like at work, at home, if they were having sex regularly, which means an exchange of vulnerability, an exchange of being okay, being who you are, that reduces anxiety like hugely. But that's actually what's, when we're anxious, yeah, it's, it's like we're actually like wanting to have that connection, wanting to circulate that energy, but we haven't been doing it. And I think bad, when I say bad sex, I mean sex without vulnerability, sex with anxiety, sex with guilt, sex with worry, do I look okay? All that kind of sex can actually be stress inducing. So what are, what are some of the common um, things that people are embarrassed about or embarrassed to ask? One of them is you just touched on it. Like they, they, everybody feels weird that they're not having sex or that they're having bad sex. And you're just saying, no, that's, that's the norm. That's the norm. And but this other thing is available to you. Are there any other like embarrassing taboo questions that you're just like, oh, I've heard that like oh, every day. Million. Yeah, a hundred million times I hear, I have judgments about my body. I don't like being seen naked. I think that's probably one of the biggest reasons um, that, that many men and women don't feel comfortable being sexual. Um, they have this idea based on the media about what a body's supposed to look like. And what they realize once they start to open up and feel their body more is that if you feel beautiful in your body, you're going to be beautiful in the bedroom. This is so big, like all shapes and sizes, every kind of person is sexy and attractive when they feel good about themselves, when they feel that they're connected to themselves. But when we're shy about, I don't want to, my partner to see my thighs, then I'm going to be awkward. I'm got, not going to be free to experiment and to be vulnerable sexually. So I'd say, you know, body shame is, is number one. And it's so ironic because I feel like now more than ever, so many body types are in the media. Like we actually are getting a lot of freedom to be all shapes and sizes, but it hasn't fully dropped in. And then the next would be the ability to perform. You know, people have this idea, all of us have this idea that the sex we had in our 20s is the sex we'll have through our whole lives. This is not true. Sex changes and is meant to change as we grow and mature and as we develop as human beings. And it gets better. It gets easier to feel pleasure, to feel a connection, 
as we get older, as long as we're willing to let go of those ideas about having sex like we did when we were in our 20s, which was all hormone and reproductive, you know, like that was, that was the reason, the catalyst was all our hormones. As we get older, our heart becomes the reason. Our love becomes intimacy, caring, whether or not you're going to marry this person, but this kind of tenderness, that becomes what turns us on. And then later in life, it's this mastery. It's this sort of, you know, transcendent state that becomes a part of our attraction and our ability to feel pleasure. So I think, you know, body shame, performance shame, and then um, also feeling like, why bother? Because a lot of people fear that bringing up a desire to be more sexual is going to turn their partner off and create friction in the relationship. Or even, you know, people within, when they're having sex with themselves, they think, why bother? I don't feel anything anymore, right? And it's, a, it's really true, use it or lose it. So if we come back alive, and I'll tell you more about how I do that in a minute. Um, if we come back alive, um, we're going to start to um, yeah, just enjoy being sexual through our whole life. I love what you said about how it goes from being hormonal and reproductive to about love. Mm -hmm. And whether you're not, you're in love, whether or not you're married, whether or not you can love. I mean, I'm loving on people at the grocery store. Like I'm just like, I'm a beacon of love. And I feel like I was not that in my twenties. And no, I'm not having sex with everybody in the grocery store. I'm, I'm just feeling that connection with humankind. And uh, for those of you listening, uh, yes, Dawn and I are over 50. <laughs> She's already given away some, some clues about her age. Um, as of this recording, I'm 51. And if you want to see our smiling faces, you can watch this on YouTube. So if you're only listening to the audio, you've got to see me just giddy this whole time and Dawn just beaming with love this whole time. So I invite you to go check us out there. <laughs> um, but so I'm guessing one, I want to ask you some of the beliefs that people have that get in the way that are really common beliefs. You said one was about my, my body. My body isn't beautiful, so I can't be attractive um, to anybody. But what other beliefs, and I'm guessing age might be one of them, and, but what other beliefs do you hear that really get in the way of people having quality intimacy? Quality intimacy. I think one of the beliefs is that they'll never get what they really want. They feel like with their own body, they don't know how their body works. They don't know how their arousal works, and especially as they're getting older, they don't know how to, um, you know, change with the changes. So I think that's one belief is I'm just too old now. It's just not going to work. And then I think another belief is I can never ask my partner for what I want because they're going to shut down. If I ask my partner to make a little change, like, hey, can we slow down? Can we try this? That they're going to shut down. And then we have a disconnect in our relationship when what I want is a connection. So I'm just not going to bring sex up. You know, I'm just going to go through yeah. the motions. And in some cases, that is the truth. The partner will shut down because the partner is incapable right now at this point in their life of vulnerability. And that's where you come in, yeah. right? To make it safe to talk about these things. I'm assuming you do some mediation and translation 
Right. So I think the most important thing is when couples come in, like you said earlier, it's about nobody's wrong here. Everybody's gotten kind of set in their ways. And if we look at it like, and it's really nice, right, to have a third party, because then let's say one partner says, I don't feel like you listen to me. And then the other partner can say, well, how can you say that? I listen to you all the time. And I'll go, well, wait, let's take a look here. It sounds like there's some things that your partner's wanting to share that could enhance your connection. Let's get curious. You know, how about if we move in with curiosity? Um, you know, so it's that, that kind of mediation and realizing that we're talking about win-win here. Everybody wins when sex starts to get better. And I have clients who, for them, having sex is having a massage. They'll put on, they'll put the massage table, they'll light some candles, and they give each other a central massage. They go crazy. They love it. Sometimes that turns into traditional sex. Sometimes that is sex. So I think these beliefs that, oh, we have to have an erection and we have to have this, 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 and this happen um, for it to be an intimate connection, it's not true. So I think letting go of that belief. Um, I think also letting go of the belief that, um, that it's necessary for a man to perform in order for sex to be something that's really satisfying for both people. And the truth is we can have incredibly satisfying sex with our clothes on. Like I, the methods that I teach, teach you how to turn on your sexual energy, how to amplify it, how to channel it, how to feel it in your whole body at any age. And by the way, I'll go ahead and tell you, I am 61. I am like, I am so vibrant and it's because of the sexual energy. You know? It really is the fountain of youth. And, 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 you know, we always, we have this belief that sex is something that happens in bed with our clothes off. But the truth is we learn how to, just like you said in the grocery store, how to glow, how to be in love. And it's not creepy or weird. It's just about being vibrant. And that's what our sexual energy really is. It's our vibrancy. One, um, one way I think people get beliefs and are confused and um, feel frankly shame about sex, not just about their bodies, but about sex is because of the household they were brought up in. Yeah. And whether through osmosis or through overt teaching, they may have been taught by well-meaning parents who wanted to protect them. Mm -hmm that sex was somehow malevolent, that it was somehow sinful and that pleasure was sinful. And I don't know what people, you know, I, I don't know, what I, what I do know is that people need to check their beliefs and decide, are they working for you? And where did you get them? Where did you get them? I remember I had a belief, so I'm, I'm divorced. I was with somebody for 19 years and then I was divorced for 10 years. Um, and when I started uh, my, my singledom, I didn't date for a year and I didn't trust myself to make good decisions. I didn't feel sexy. I didn't feel attractive. It was all in my head. You know, I also had Lyme disease, so 
I wasn't feeling great, but um, I wanted to feel loved, but I did, I had all these stories about being too old. I was in my forties. <laughs> I think sex begins in your forties. <laughs> now I look back on that. That is a belief of mine that it just gets better. But I also had a belief I would never date anybody younger than me because I'm just getting old and they're going to get tired of me because I'll get too old. This was a belief I had. So I was only looking to date older men. And I'm just saying, <laughs> women age more gracefully, I think, many times than men do. And I just wasn't attracted to anybody that I was getting set up on blind dates with. Or I just, it was not working for me. And I had this sage, this wise, wise woman in my household who was my daughter's babysitter. <laughs> but she was just so wise and um, she worked with autistic children. That was her job. I mean, this woman just could hold space. And she was very respectful. You know, she was the caretaker for my daughter. And one day she just said to me, she heard what I was, what I was going through. And she said, Denise, you only live once. Because I told her, oh, this man's attracted to me and he's so much younger. You only live once. What are you doing wrong? There's like, what is wrong about this? And I was just like, hmm, my little Yoda. So, and it was in that moment I said, I need to question everything. Mm -hmm. I just need to question everything. Yeah. And now I'm in a committed relationship for years with this amazing person who happens to be nine years and 10 months younger than me. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's about finding, really finding your match. And it could be any age. I think that we do, we limit ourselves by thinking it has to, we have societal beliefs, you know, the man needs to be older than the woman and just all these, you know, imprints. But then there's who, who are you attracted to? And you talked about aging. My partner, like he loves my wrinkles. He says, <laughs> I can't wait till you're 80. Like, he's like, I am so attracted to you. I can't wait to see. And so that's what's possible when we free ourselves of these beliefs like you're talking about. And another thing you were saying, you know, I think we've put a lot of weird like puritanical ideas about dating, you know, like don't have sex until the 47th date if <laughs> and you have to have been taken to dinner seven times and it has to happen when you're in Napa, you know, like there's all these different bars that were and we 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 disconnect from our sexual empowerment and realizing that you know when we know our bodies when we've gotten clear about our beliefs we can step in and out of relationships in a way that feels right to us and we can explore and we can find someone you know um if if that's what we want I'm you know? so glad you brought up the dating because it's so true. There are so many rules. And especially if you are new to dating, if you've been married, if you've been in a partnership and you're new to it, you're looking for other people to tell you what the rules are. Yes. So I will tell you, the rule is what feels good for you. What feels good for you? And then, and then this is why I made a podcast very early on in this, in this series um, about my experience with online dating, because I just went from scared to death of it too. Holy cow, this is fun. 
but I did, I created my own rules and they worked for me. Other people might have different rules. I just talked with a client. She's like, Denise, I don't even know. Like you've completely changed everything. She used to be wearing a heart monitor. She was so stressed out now. And she wasn't taking care of herself. The heart monitor has gone. The health is great. Um, she's so good in her job. She's like, I'm just bored now. It's just all so easy. And so it, I mean, wholly just different person. So I said, so you ready for the next thing? So let's do it. So we started talking about dating. Now this is an executive that I'm coaching, but she wants to be a whole person. And now she's ready because she's got her confidence, her worthiness, her ease. She's not working 90 hours a week. She's got time and, but she feels healthy. And now she just needs some strategies. So we talked through it. And her fear of online dating versus I'm like, really, you really want to play the odds of meeting somebody in a bar? Like, do you realize how much time you could save? Like, you get to put the filters on. You don't have to like respond to everybody who is interested in you. Anyways, I could go on, but just listen to that podcast. Too. I love this. I think you're, you're bringing up something really important. Like I, I was also, you know, 57 super successful, jet setting around the world. And I really did feel like my life was really amazing. And I had a sexual relationship with myself that was amazingly like fruitful and satisfying. I, I every year in May, I hold this 21 day self-pleasuring challenge because May is self-pleasuring month. And, and <gasps> we're coming up on <laughs> pun intended and um so spending that time consciously for 21 days completely up leveled my sexual confidence and so that you know here i was brilliant and i said you know if i never meet anybody again i'll be okay i'm fine but there was that piece that was missing which is the part about being in relationships the part about finding a meeting point with someone wonderful, with, you know, with making space inside my wonderful life and being invited into this beautiful life with this amazing man. So no matter how successful we are, again, sex and intimacy gives us a chance to experience our inner world. And that's where satisfaction and meaningfulness really resides. And having that relationship and having it lit up by intimacy is what I feel makes us, like you said at the beginning of the podcast, like human, like really successfully human. So tell us, um, oh my gosh, I just lost my train of thought. I'm so excited about all of this. Um, you were, you wanted to tell us something earlier about do you remember what that was and it was about this may you know the 21 days okay. that was it so 21 days so invite all the you don't have to start in may <laughs> everyone to create a, a time just to discover yourself you know because usually we just think of making love to ourselves as being like take just taking care of something you know like get the pressure off or something like that and we rarely really listen to the messages that our body is sending us 
And I learned so much about myself in that process. I learned, um, I had this idea of myself as being someone who's there for everyone and I'm strong and I support people, which is true. But there's also this very delicate, um, very whimsical, very sensual woman inside. And she wasn't getting out much. And by having this time with myself every day for 21 days, one day it was two hours. I was <laughs> I at the I'm like, no. <laughs> um, it really- People are going, how does that even, what, what kind of utilities do you have to have to make that happen? <laughs> it's all of these practices, you know, like learning ways to access the um, ecstatic network inside of our bodies, which is there and it's waiting for us. Oh my. Well, I think you're gonna be getting a call for me because I'm not sure I know that network. <laughs> so when you just, I know we're gonna be winding up soon, but when you work with these couples, and I believe you only work with couples who love each other. I don't, I don't think you can really make this work otherwise, but you tell me, it, what happens to them when they, what changes in their lives when they tap into this? When couples tap into this and singles, men and women who are single come to work with me, what changes in their life is that sex and intimacy becomes a priority. Because before it was just everybody's working, everybody's doing laundry, everybody's dropping off the kids, but intimacy isn't a priority. So their life shifts, their priorities shift. And as they make more time for intimacy and sex, they magically have more time for all the other things. They're more effective, they're more efficient. And so that shifts. They start to realize, again, like I was saying earlier, they have their own sex love language that they didn't know before. They were just having like the kind of same old sex over and over again, it got the job done, but they didn't realize that, um, that they could ask for a little more of this or to be touched in that way and how it opened their hearts like how that really made sex much deeper and i think they've also like really realized like for a lot of women that i've worked with sex was something that was more like um a duty and now it's pleasurable now it's something um that they really enjoy and they feel like their partner really gets them and that's the most beautiful part is seeing these people who have amazing lives and been together for a long time really fall in love for the first time seriously like they thought they were in love when they got married in their 20s oh no now in their 50s and 60s and you know 40s they're discovering what love really can be when it's fueled with this kind of shared passion and um and deep listening um, intimately. So yeah, I'm having, I have clients, one couple, they hadn't had sex in 10 years and they started having like the most amazing sex. It was all kinds of things from feeding each other to massage to, you know, the kind of sex you think of. Another couple where she was ready to kick him out because he was not touching her in a way where she felt pleasure at all. It was just all about what he wanted. And now he's turned into like a master lover Wow. <laughs> and this is a man who's very much in his head, but he found the way 
he has he feels pleasure through her pleasure and mm -hmm. they're just you should see her she has turned into this like just adores him where mm -hmm. before she couldn't stand him wow yeah we all just want to be seen and loved for who we are and to do the same with somebody else and for you to be able to give that gift to people and make them whole as a couple i mean i just got to think the power level like just the power they're giving off and then the safe power because leaders, especially leaders who are not happy with their sex life and not happy with their relationship are going to not be great leaders. They're gonna be abrupt. They're gonna be stressed out. They're gonna be anxious. Um, they're not gonna have the capacity to care for their staff in the way they need to. And they're gonna be creating status threats all over the place. We got the vagus nerve getting damaged. But then when you go in and you do this, it affects so many other people. It affects everybody in their circle, their kids, their friends, their uh, colleagues, their employees. Yeah, ab absolutely. And you're absolutely right because people have a very short fuse, you know, like when they're not experiencing this kind of, it's also like a really, a relaxation, a deep relaxation that happens when we're intimate, like the, the vagus nerve gets activated, we're in our parasympathetic nervous system, become, be become much more effective, like I was saying earlier. And, um, and we're able to not only take better care of those people that work for us, but we're also able to set better boundaries so that we really have our time and our energy and we're not drained at the end of the day. And it becomes like setting our boundaries actually becomes, um, it's, it becomes a celebration. It's like a win-win for everyone. Um, and that's another thing I think people don't realize. They have a feeling like, well, if I become intimate, then I just give myself away. That's not true. <laughs> actually, what happens is that you express yourself more and you're more understood and celebrated and you get to have more and live the life that you've dreamt of. It is. Hopefully the life that people have dreamt of. If not, you get to start dreaming of it today and know that it does exist, not just in France. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, I'm making a generalization there, but there is a reason they can have a 35 hour work week. <laughs> <laughs> that's true it's like work-life balance right no know? in america we're just work 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 what intimacy what i mean Brene brown she's brilliant why do you think she's so popular it's because there is a dearth of vulnerability in the world and in america especially and without vulnerability you can't have intimacy because it's into me see i love that definition of intimacy like you see me the real me now, if you're not going to let people see the real you, how can you have intimacy? How can you have great sex? Right. So we want people to work. We want people to go to you um, and get and get whatever help you can give. So what's the best way to find you? And we'll put it in the yeah. show notes too. But what do you want to say? Thank you so much for having me. The best way to reach me, I would love to hear from people, is through my email, hello at thesexlifeofyourdreams.com. Nice. And so then we'll put that in the notes. Hello at, the, at sex the sex life of your dreams.com hello people and goodbye to all of the myths and beliefs that are holding you back and um, if you have a partner that you can't really confer with about this because there's too many just too much agitation and confusion and difficulty you have a translator here available to you and i love that we talked about singles too and you and i have both 
shown that you don't have to be in a marriage in order to be sexually alive and fulfilled. Um, and a marriage certainly isn't going to guarantee your success, <laughs> that you're, you're fulfilled in this way. It's, it's up to you and it's up to your partnering. And the, um, the more intimate you are with yourself, the better this will all go. That's it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. This has been so fun. Thank you. Thank you for the honor of joining us. Thank you, Denise. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for listening to Work-Life Brilliance. If you want to be coached by Denise, join her in the Work-Life Brilliance Academy, where wholehearted humans are becoming the best version of themselves. Accepting applications now at wlbacademy.com.